Hello, you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells, and today in the studio I have Steve Reinhard, Mike Yankee, and John Kovach, and this is part two of Suicide. Wow, that sounds ominous. Yes, it is. So we kind of wanted to, we talked about this, and we wanted to, again, we're we're not really... um, theologians here and we're really not approaching it from that angle we're here to be close with our brothers and sisters and uh, just recognize that this is a super important topic and we kind of like to address this podcast to those of you and ourselves of who've had someone you care about someone as close to you someone you love um, go ahead and commit suicide okay yeah uh, so and and we recognize that uh, everybody would be in different places and have different experiences and and we don't pretend to have an answer for you um, other than I, I you know I I kind of hate to admit this but I've been forbidden from cussing but it really hurts bad to have somebody that you love uh, take their own life. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it really hurts. And it hurts for years and years and years. Yeah, it sure can. Yeah, yeah. When uh, we've we, we've dealt with this in our family, and uh, there's a whole range of emotions that people go through. From <clears throat> I think the first thing is disbelief, and then I think in no particular order comes anger and condemnation of yourself for not seeing it. Of course, sadness and grief. There's all these emotions that these stages that you go through afterwards. So, Mike, in your experience with uh, going through this in your family, I was was wondering, um, just kind of trying to put myself in that position. uh, And and maybe you can tell us more about that later. But uh, did you feel ashamed at all or anything like that? Um, Yeah, I, I did. I wanted... I remember having a conversation in the car that uh, with my wife. I don't remember where we were going, but I remember telling her that, uh, or having this conversation about, could you please tell me that this is not my fault? Huh. And, uh, you know, I I told her the same thing. And that I think that was really important for us to to work through that you know, to say that it, it, it's not my fault and it's not your fault. And I think that was really good for our marriage and for our, our health to say that to each other because, you know, we were talking in the break about a lot of times to, our suicide can cause a lot of problems in the family, even divorce, mm-hmm. uh, you know, separations, standoffishness, yeah. if that's a word. And just just all types of divisions. So, Mike, were you feeling guilty? Um, yeah, I think I think everybody in the family that was involved or that knew that knew her really had to examine themselves and say, "What could I have done to make this not happen?" Right. Or I wish I could have seen it. Or I wish I could have stopped or stopped, said something yeah, to said her something. before that would have changed. Or her way of thinking or, you know, put a thought into her mind that that may have stopped her from thinking that would that this was the only choice. Hmm. Hmm. 
So, so um, I don't, I'm trying to think of a nice way to ask this, but was there any answer to that question that, you know, when, when you kind of examined your lives and were you able to come up with anything like, oh, yeah, we could have done this, we could have done this, or we could have, should have seen it coming or how did, how did you answer some of those questions and then the folks that were, you're close to? Well, I think everybody had those things. Everybody had those thoughts of, well, if I would have said this, or if I would have been nicer, um, if I would have hugged her more, if I wouldn't have said this, mm. if I would have been more patient, or if I would have been more forceful in this year. I think everybody involved that I talked to at least had some form of regret or some form of, um, you know, some thought in their mind that they could have done something. Mm -hmm. I, I really think I could have done something mm -hmm. to stop this. So am I getting it right? Maybe self-blame, blaming themselves a little bit? Yeah. That yeah. she did that? Yeah. Or a lot, maybe? Or yeah. blaming themselves a lot? Did anybody Shh. just... Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I, th I think that's what I would probably be thinking of doing it because I'm, I'm a like I love blame like blame is blame should be my middle name <laughs> and uh, either blaming myself or blaming somebody else and so that's kind of how I've uh, I've had several people who've killed themselves that I've known and re and really loved and and in a sense and I've kind of uh, kind of take the opposite track as I feel pretty upset and angry with them yeah. um, that they would do that Right. Um, and so I've, you know, so I, and I always, I always say, man, if I'd just known or if they just told me I'd have been there for them, but I didn't know. And then I'm even mm -hmm. feel more angry is like, why, you know, like, like, why wouldn't you tell me that? Right. Well, of course, because you'd be angry with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we, I think everybody went through that. And I think that's pretty natural to go through and, and blame yourself or, there was even some blame of, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. And right. that's that's really sad to go that way because... Um, uh, I'm not sure I understand what that well, what if, you mean by that. Well, instead of blaming yourself saying, well, if this person would have uh, done this. Oh, somebody else yeah, in somebody, the family. Yeah, somebody noticed it's, it. It's not my fault, somebody else's yeah. fault. Oh, if her husband yeah. would have loved her, if his, if his, if his, if her child would have come in, told right, her how much right. he cared yeah. about her All those while things. she yeah. was in the nursing home. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh man, I jump right on that bandwagon. Yeah. It doesn't lead very far, but it's kind of fun to be on. Yeah, well, I it's, blame myself. Well, it's, it's a lot better to blame somebody else than to blame yourself. I mean, Noah has never figured that out, but it's, it's <laughs> like when if we're talking blame, it's like a, I'd rather just blame myself. Yeah, just beat pass, myself just up pass over it around. It. It's, yeah, let yeah. somebody else carry it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll try it next time. Yeah. <laughs> well, so so Mike, can I? It's kind of like you've you're kind of taking the bull by the horns. Did anybody? Because I've had this question asked several times with the people that I've known and loved that have gone ahead and done this. Is like. Did anybody like bring this up in your family? It's like, oh no, she's done the unpardonable sin. She's automatically now in hell. Uh, I didn't hear that directly from anybody in my family, but there were some, I heard some overtones of that from outside the family. So yeah, there were, there were 
whispers mm-hmm. about that. So did you? Did, and I had heard that before. Mm-hmm. So did you? Did you have any kind of uh, answer or response to that? Well, since I didn't hear it directly, I didn't. I really didn't. But I. I don't believe that. That you know, she did the unpardonable sin. I think that came somewhere from. I'm not sure. I've heard stories that it came from you know a certain denomination that I don't think we need to get into but you know there was I, I think it's just a false teaching mm-hmm. that was birthed for some reason in the past mm-hmm. probably hundreds or thousands of years ago I would agree with that I mean Jesus love and forgiveness and that whole concept of unforgivable goes against that it's right. at odds with that absolutely you know so i i agree i think it was birthed out of something different but it's out there you know no yeah. doubt it's out there yeah yeah i mean do you think it was all started just so to try to maybe stop it i think so yeah 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 or scare you yeah to not do it yep yeah, I, I've, 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 having gone through the pain of having someone who I love take their own life, you know, I, I could get that. I could mm-hmm. see, I like, I would probably be desperate enough to do anything, threaten them, you know. Like, I, I've told several of my friends, hey, you know, like, if you're ever having these thoughts and, like, getting serious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say in a joking way, but it's kind of serious in a way. is like, hey, you know, please don't take your life call me because I'm the one who wants to shoot you is that <laughs> I really will do, you know, like I'd hold a gun to you and say, don't kill yourself. I'd, I've, it's so painful to me to have lost people that I care about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm not sure why it's that painful in, in that way more than any other, but it really does hurt yeah. because you know, that person, I guess maybe the, the part that's painful is, they missed their their they missed something they didn't really get that people loved them so much mm-hmm. and you know maybe there's like we were talking before is like they didn't ever really love themselves they didn't really know how much god loved them they didn't really know how much other people loved them mm-hmm. and they definitely didn't didn't know that i loved them like i do yeah. so i think those are that's maybe one of the reasons why it's mm, so painful yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I think I would threaten somebody is like, hey, you know, like, yeah, the boogeyman's going to get you. You're going to go to roast in hell forever if you kill yourself because I'm just being selfish. I really want you to hang around for me. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really like you. <laughs> yeah. So I think maybe the intentions intentions were good. Mike and I were driving up. I was like, there's probably good intentions behind it, but it's really it's not too whippy as a. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a theology and you know i and i had a friend of mine who whose uh relative uh killed himself and and in their denomination that is like they're adamant like this is this is what happens that person goes to hell and so we were talking about it talking about it and i said well so it's just a, is it's is suicide a sin and he's like oh absolutely suicide's a sin and so i said well then what would make it different than say gluttony mm-hmm. or getting drunk or lust mm-hmm. and if, you know he finally finally said well nothing i said well so if it's just a sin then it's just a sin and either christ paid for it on the cross or he didn't right either his death was enough 
or it's not. Or it's not, yeah. And so I kind of like, I, I like, for me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But, but, you know, they have terms for these sins. And I know Noah and I have talked and even joked about this. But they have the mortal sin, and then there's the venial sin, as if there's some hierarchy of sin. And that teaching is out there. It's, yeah, it's not anywhere in the Word, but it's out there. Right. Yeah, and that's way beyond my pay grade. Yeah, it's taught by man. Mm. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, you know, when I think about this, yeah, it's just a tough topic, but it's one that shows no partiality. You know, it it doesn't matter Christian or non-Christian; it affects them, black or white, any race. It affects them. Age shows no partiality, and it's the ultimate escape. When you talk about certain addictions, they're all considered some kind of an escape. Whether it be drugs, alcohol, porn, these are all escapes from some part of your reality. Mm -hmm. And this is the ultimate escape because it's a permanent escape. And what's interesting to me is that in showing no partiality, I mean, I can understand and many people are like, well, why would this person do it? They had everything. And we can understand that the person who has everything might like to get drunk or get high because it's temporary. But why would they want to commit suicide? But it shows no partiality. How many, and I'll just, just as an example, over the years, rock stars who had millions of dollars, adoring fans, had released records and had gold records, they killed themselves. You know, and... It's, it's a difficult subject, and it's difficult for some to understand that this thing shows no partiality. It's not about how much money you have, how much fame you have. All of those idols, it can affect you. It makes no difference. Right. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I, let's, if it's okay, I'd like to just bring it back down to our audience. I don't know that any rock star is going to listen to this. Our abiding life crowd and the churches we go to and our pastors and our leaders. I think that's the same thing. It's like, it shocks us when somebody that we love and admire has taken their own life. Um, but you're right, it shows no partiality and, it, and it's just as like any other sin. Of course it doesn't, how could it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's, that's a really great point you bring up. Yeah. So what, so guys, so, Mike's gone through this, and uh, I've gone through it, and Noah's gone through it, and John's, you know, John's, it's wonderful. He hasn't had anybody around him that's really been. To to God be all the glory for that, you know, but as I've said before, uh, there are a number of people who I'm friends with and who I've discipled who have struggled with this for quite a long amount of time for various reasons, and... uh, you know, I'm thankful that they haven't followed through with it and haven't taken that last step. But they struggle, and they're just, you know, they're crying out for it. And sometimes it's just an ear being willing to listen to someone to give them some time from our busy lives. Mm-hmm. Makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's the message we would share with somebody who's gone through this and you've lost somebody? And you're there, 
you may be feeling um Noah, could you tell us how like you were feeling when you've lost somebody that you really love and that uh, because I think we all experience those same feelings. It doesn't really matter how the person's gone, but we have those feelings in what do we do with that? What, how, are, how, are you, how are you feeling here? You were telling us a little bit ahead of, beforehand of uh, how you're feeling oh, a few years back. Oh, years back yeah when i was when your dad after you lost your dad oh yeah yeah after i lost my dad i was very angry very uh didn't see the point in this life didn't really understand why didn't really understand what it was all about like i didn't really like you just go through pain and then you die and then that's it so i was having a really hard time and like you were saying it's probably lot with grief and but and depression and but I was like that for probably a year of real anger after my dad passed away but my you know my dad didn't commit suicide but mm-hmm. just in death in general and yeah you just just I of course took all the blame and just you start hating yourself and then I started going back into suicide so mm. It was it was really hard, and when I was after my dad passed away, I didn't really understand the whole life thing, and it really frustrated me that my dad had a lot of sicknesses, but he was always traveling, always helping people, always gone, you know, just always just doing his best for people, and. Then he died, and I thought, man, there's no no reward. He doesn't get anything after that. He doesn't get to retire and spend time with me and my grand, you know, and his grandkids and, you know, really just having a hard time with it. And then I started just thinking about suicide, and I hadn't thought about suicide since I was 19. Mm-hmm. So it was weird for me, again, to go back into that depression and want to hurt myself. And so I started thinking about it nonstop every day, thinking about it, thinking about it. And so we have a gym out in our backyard, and I thought, well, I'll just go back there and start working out and see if that helps. So I went out there, and all of a sudden this pain came over me that was just just brutal pain. And um, it brought me to my knees, and I had to crawl back upstairs uh, up our deck and then inside and my wife was yelling do I need to call 911 and I said no 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 I gotta go talk to God and I w- crawled down into our basement and got on my knees and right when that I got on my knees the Lord spoke to me and said here you go here's your choice you can choose death right now and right then I really understood the point of this life at least for me and that is to know Christ on earth. Mm. Be friends. Know him. Know him in every situation. Talk to him with every situation. And I told him right there, I choose life. And as soon as I did, that pain went away instantly. And, I mean, anyone listening, I mean, the only thing, I have to choose life every day. And that's what I want to tell anybody out there. Wake up. I know it's brutal, 
but choose life. Choose it. Choose Christ. Keep walking with him. No matter how brutal it is, just keep going with him and share everything with him. Amen. Yeah, thanks for telling us that. That's that's a really powerful story. And I think probably some of our listeners can identify with that of feeling that pain after losing someone they love to the point where you're laying on the ground bawling wondering what it's all about and how you can, uh-huh. how you can make it through it, how can you ever get through it? Yeah, what's the point? And what's the point? And here you have here you are, you've lost somebody that you dearly love and who who means the world to you and now now the world seems different mm-hmm. and dark and and uh lonely yeah and my i kind of imagine that you're probably feeling like you're the only one in the world at that time when you're out here feeling that pain yeah yeah you definitely feel like you're the only one and then did you feel like anybody even cared yeah so so we so i think when we go through something like that and for our listeners who've lost somebody Man, you're going through exactly the same thing we all go through. It's really difficult. It's really painful. It's agonizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in a sense, you have your own sense of kind of hopelessness, yeah. those feelings of hopelessness. And so that's where we'd, you know, well, as Noah said, we all get the two boxes. We get the two gifts. We get one where we can choose life or we get one where we can, the, the, hope, the one that's got the hopelessness ribbon wrapped mm-hmm. around it where we it just escalates in a, it's a box of more hopelessness. Yeah. So we get we do get a choice. Yeah, he still gives us a choice. We, we do give a choice. And, and I think I like one of the things, I don't know if you were writing things down at that point, but I think there's another thing where we can write down uh, for those people that have survived and lost somebody, if you write down how you're feeling, mm-hmm. write down what you're, what you're going through, what you're experiencing, what those feelings are. And one of the great things about writing things down, like Mike said on our previous podcast, is you can throw them away. You can throw those things away. Mm-hmm. And what that really proves to us is they're just feelings. Yeah. They're not facts. They're not the truth. They're just something that we're feeling. They weren't something that we're experiencing. And they're painful. They're, they're, you know, they feel so real when we're going through them. And they're powerful. But when we write them down, they lose a lot of that. Mm-hmm. bite yeah yeah i th- i think it's um important to maybe say something about yeah I, I i realize that most of the people that are listening to this are going to be people that are subscribed to the biting life channel but there are probably some people that maybe not mm-hmm. affiliated with our ministry but i think it's important to point out that for the believer first of all that understand how much god really loves you and he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. And so these thoughts of depression and condemnation and suicide and hopelessness are not from him, but they are from, you know, like we had talked about earlier, they're from the devil that wants to accuse us day and night. But it's important for us to choose Christ. And for the unbeliever, you know, I think hopefully we can share the gospel at the end of this, but basically that that Christ has died for our sins, all of our sins. And we would encourage you to, to just believe that and, and receive the gospel. And maybe somebody can share that a little bit better than I can here at the end. Probably not. 
Yeah, you probably can share it better than the. Yeah, I can for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in our previous podcast, I mentioned these things, and I'm just going to touch on them quickly right now. For people who are survivors, we'll talk about it in just a second. But what what are we to do as followers of Jesus for those that are, that are troubled, who are depressed, who are feeling hopelessness, and we are called to be comforters first and foremost. We're called to have compassion, and we are called to counsel. And that leads me to the topic that we're on right now, and that is if an individual has committed suicide and there's family and friends that are there, what are their needs? And for those of us that may be friends with them, part of a church community, whatever the case may be, it's not going to be a comfortable situation for you. It's not going to be something that's easy for you to approach a family member, a friend of a person who's committed suicide. But I encourage you and I invite you to walk towards that uncomfortableness that you have. Walk towards it and embrace that because what those people need is something that the Lord can use you for. You could be a conduit between the Lord, if he's using you, and that family. And that's just to show number one love. Let them know. Tell them that you love them and that you care for them. And secondly, tell them that you are there for them and that you will listen. That you will have ears to listen any time of day or night that you're available to them. So that they know that they have someone that they can lean on. And in that way, we are being a reflection, a shining light of the Lord that we're showing love and compassion for our fellow man in their time of need. And that's just a really important thing. And often it's lacking because we don't know what to say. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't know how to approach the situation. And then it becomes more about us than about them. And that's why I would encourage you, if you're in that position, to walk towards that uncomfortableness and embrace it. Amen. So can so just to like make this a little bit more practical, how would you do that? I mean, I have some ideas, but I'm not sure. I were, this is I'm putting in a plug for my friend Curtis Blair here. We were talking about this the other day, and he did a funeral for uh, a boy who had committed suicide, and he had went up to the man's mom and uh, said, "So, can I?" mentioned this that he committed suicide at the funeral when I do the funeral and Mm -hmm. she said she just shook she shook because she hadn't told anyone because of the shame she felt over and and so Curtis said well this is a great opportunity then let me let me bring it out Mm -hmm. let me let me tell anybody and so so Curtis started off the funeral by saying you know we're here today to celebrate this man's life who took his own life and Mm -hmm. he said the whole church gasped because no one knew Mm -hmm. so we want to have our collective gasp today and and be able to have that and 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 bring it out and and so we don't want to like john said we can run toward the person and embrace them but let's not encourage them to hide it Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're feeling shame, they can just say, oh, I'm really feeling ashamed. Yeah. Uh, um, and just tell us how they're feeling instead of 
trying to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think another thing we could do to do what John said would be, I've, and I've talked to my friend Curtis uh, a lot about this as uh, when I don't know what to say, the best thing to do is to say, man, I'm feeling really awkward and I don't know what to say. I just want to sit here and be with you mm-hmm. and I don't have to say anything. And yep. that's all they need. Maybe I just need to cry with them. Yeah. Amen. Maybe I just need to yep. be there. Like John said, and just be two ears and, and listen to their, their crying and their tears rolling down their face and just be there with them. Yeah. And, and so I think that those are some things that uh, we as believers can do for one another mm-hmm. as we go through this together. Cause we really all do go through these things together. There's, oh, there yeah. is one body and we're all members. And when one member suffers, we all suffer. Yeah. Um, that's, is like a reality. That's not just a thought. That's something that does happen. And when we're sitting there together, grieving, um, we experience that and can actually have those sensations and feelings. Yeah. I know sometimes mm-hmm. you just need to be the body. Just go there and yeah, just sit. Yeah, kind of be what we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to share a story of uh, my sister-in-law that that committed suicide, and I hope this can be an encouragement to those of you that have gone through this as family members and understand the fullness and the richness and depth of how much God loves us. And so... When my sister-in-law killed herself, um, she was she had hung herself on a, a banister um, mm-hmm. over a stairwell, and uh, you know, of course, when we heard the news, we were all shocked and went through the whole range of emotions. And you know, after we dealt with her body and everything, everybody came over to our house for about a week, and we were all there together as a as a family, just trying to figure out, you know what happened and how do we deal with this and just dealing with the grief and confusion and the whole range of emotions. And, um, I remember going to bed that first night and being in bed and just talking to God and asking him, how, how does, how do you do that? How do you, how do you kill yourself? I just don't understand this whole process of, you know, God, just, just please show me what, you know, what her thought process was, because I don't understand this. And um, so I'm familiar with the house that she killed herself in. So, you know, I, I imagined her going to get this, this rope and imagined her tying it off and, and, uh, you know, sitting up on this banister and, and uh, as I'm lying there in bed, I, I'm thinking this all through. And then I real then it just, I get to that point and it just kind of vanishes and I start thinking about something else and, and I come back to it and I'm like, Lord, please, I, I, I want to understand this. I under, I want to understand you. I want to understand what she was going through, what, you know, this whole thought process was. So went through the whole thing again, her sitting up on the balcony or the banister. And, you know, again, well, after about the third or fourth time, you know, of going through this and it just stopping right at that point where before she pushes herself off, you know, the Lord just showed me that she pushed herself off and she started to fall. And as she fell and the rope became tight, the beautiful thing was the Lord was standing there at the bottom of the stairs and caught her in his arms 
and with a big mm. smile on his face and said, you didn't think I'd be here, did you? Wow. Mm. Amen. And he caught her just at that moment of death mm. in his arms with a smile on her face, on his face, and in her greeting, him greeting her right there at that moment mm. and accepting her into his arms. And... But it was that she did, uh, I think the reason that she did it was because she didn't fully understand how much God loved her. Mm-hmm. And she she had no other other place to go. And she just thought that it's just, there's no point. Like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, no, there's no point to living. But she just completely miscalculated how much God really loved her. Yeah, we always forget that God's there. He's always there. Yeah. He's not leaving you. You always forget about that, though, when you go into that deep depression. Yeah. And for the person that doesn't know Christ, I think now would be a good time to tell you that God loves you and God died for your sins and God has come to give you life more abundantly. And all we have to do is just believe in him on whom God sent. God sent his son to die for our sins. And if you have any more questions about that, Contact Noah at Abiding Life Ministries, and he can help walk you through that. Yep. Yeah, and I'd like to also throw out, thanks, Mike, for telling us that yeah, story. That what a good a, story. What a wonderful story. I just can't get that out of my mind. He didn't think I'd be here, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That, mm-hmm. And I shared that with my family the next morning, and it was such a blessing. Not that what I said was special, but I really feel like God showed me that, and it actually brought peace to her family members and and it helped minister to other people in the church also. So it was really a blessing. Yeah, how cool. I kind of think that um, as, as I heard you say that, I thought, wow, I think I've heard God say that to me a lot of times when I thought I was escaping God, actually. Mm-hmm. You didn't think I'd be here, did you? Yeah. You didn't think I'd be here, did you? Yeah, yeah. You didn't think I'd be here either, did you? <laughs> but guess what? The the message of Abiding Life Ministries is there's nothing the nearness of Christ can't overcome. Right, amen. And so it's like, why would I be shocked that he's here? Yeah. How cool. It is cool. Thanks, thanks again, Mike. What, yeah, a, thanks, what Mike. a great message. So for those folks of you that who have uh, lost someone you love, I'd also encourage you to. Go ahead and if you if you're moved by the Lord, go ahead and get a hold of Noah. He's got like tons of experience in this realm, and uh, is a great counselor, and and has has been there. So it's it's I I love I always learn something. I'm always moved. I'm always pointed to Christ when I get together with with all these guys, but especially Noah. Yeah, thanks guys for coming out and sharing your heart. I love that about every one of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for this part two of suicide. I'm sure we'll do another one down the road. But uh, thanks for listening, and we will be back with another one someday. Thanks. Thanks.